Good Evans, it's the Bobcast. Welcome to episode 50 with me, your host Bob Evans, although my friends call me Kev, which is short for Kevin Mitchell. Hi, how are you going? Thanks for coming along for another adventure as I chat to more interesting people about music and life and whatever else happens to get in the way of doing both of those things. Um, Hey, I'm going to be going on tour in support of my new album, which is called Tomorrowland. It came out a few weeks back now. Uh, All through the month of June, I'll be touring that album all around the country, that country being Australia. Um, The show's in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, WA. It finishes up at the Northcote Social Club in Melbourne on June 27th. There are still some tickets left for that show. I'd love for it to be full because it's being recorded. Um, so it's going to be lots and lots of fun. If you uh, want to come along to a gig, uh, all the ticketing info and all the dates and everything can be located at my website, bobevans.com.au. Don't forget you can rate and review this podcast. I'd really appreciate that. You can rate and review my album Tomorrowland as well on iTunes if you like. Um, also to the songs that my guests choose on this podcast are... Uh, lovingly curated by me on a Spotify playlist. It's called Good Evans It's a Bobcast Soundtrack, so you can check that out. You can email me at goodevansbobcast at gmail.com with thoughts and questions. And if I think they might benefit a wider audience, I'll answer those emails at some stage on this podcast. Um, this podcast also contains adult content, uh, so, you know, probably don't listen to it with little kids. Why would you do that? That would be strange. Uh, Anyway, it's episode 50 of the Bobcast. It sounds like it should be uh, uh, celebrated as some kind of milestone, doesn't it? Um, Although this is a milestone episode, in a way, because for the first time in Bobcast history, I'm chatting to two people at the same time. Well, we won't all be talking at once. That would not be listenable. But my guests kind of, they come as a pair, in a way, because they are both members of the band These New South Wales. And they also do a podcast of their own together called What a Great Punk. I'm talking of Jamie, Timoney and Todd Andrews of These New South Wales. I first found out about These New South Wales by coming across their mockumentary series on YouTube uh, and the Comedy Channel. And I became an instant fan. Lovers of music and comedy, if you don't know about These New South Wales, look them up. Uh, as soon as this podcast is over, watch their documentary, their mockumentary. Um, there's two seasons of it, or can all be found on YouTube. Uh, they also, there's also a Tonight Show style thing that they did last year as well, which is really funny and good. Um, I highly recommend it if you like stuff like Spinal Tap. Um, they describe it as um, as like being Spinal Tap meets The Office. So if that's you know tickles your funny bone, then you'll love it. And yeah, I really appreciate Jamie and Todd for joining me for an hour on uh, giving up an hour of their Friday night to speak to me. We'd never met each other before. It was a it was a blind date kind of situation, uh, but it was lots of fun, um, and it's a really great chat. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed uh, having the conversation with Jamie and Todd. Um, should we get into it? We should, shouldn't we? All right. Uh, this is episode fifty. With Jamie Timoney and Todd Andrews from These New South Wales on Good Evans, it's a Bobcast.
Welcome to the podcast, Jamie and Todd from these New South Wales. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for um, coming to visit me. This is a um, this is a, a very rare occasion for the uh, the Bobcast because um, this is only the fourth time in fifty episodes of the podcast that I've chatted to people that I've never met before, uh, and it's um, and it's the first time. <laughs> mm, it's mm. the first time that. Um, I've ever had two guests on at the exact same time. So we're breaking new ground. Mm. Oh, wow. Well, so far, so good. (laughs) So far, so good. It's always a bit funny having people on the podcast that you don't know, Mm. isn't it? Well, it is a bit. I mean, I guess... Well, I guess you don't know yet. You'll know (laughs) by the end of the hour. (laughs) Well, I suppose it's it's not like a complete blind date, right? Because, like, I've listened to your podcast and I've seen your stocko. And so, like, I... And it's the same with the other people that I've spoken to that I've never met before. Like one was, um, um, uh, oh, what's a, an example? Um, no, I can't remember. Um, mm. Who's oh, uh, Will Marshall Hines? Marshall Hines. <laughs> <laughs> love, I've met Marshall Hines. I played frisbee with Marshall. Have you? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was doing, frisbee. Played frisbee with her. Yeah. Um, I was Dude. doing. I was doing a, one of those Rockwiz tours. You know. Mm. Oh yeah. You show Rockwiz, and we're doing this live tour, and. Um, and we were up in North Queensland somewhere, and and Brian Nankervis, who is, you know, the kind of ringleader of the show, he's he's crazy about frisbee. He loves frisbees, and right. so whenever there was a spare moment and the sun was out, he'd be out there throwing the frisbee around. So um, I had this this wonderful afternoon. Up, I don't know. We were in North Queensland somewhere. Maybe let's just say we're in Townsville. Where I was play, I was just throwing the frisbee around with with Marsha Hines and and the late great John English, and oh, Brian shout outs. Brian Nankervis. <laughs> so wow, the things you find yourself doing. So yeah, yeah. We um we played wiffle ball with um Doug Pound once. That <laughs> was on <laughs> <laughs> What's are you are you, sto- are you story topping? Top? Uh, no, I'm I'm story relating, <laughs> Jamie. Actually. What, what's um? Todd's, what, what's, Todd's, what? a, Todd's a real to- Todd's a top. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I'm happy to be a bottom. Um, yeah. what's, what's the game called? Wiffle ball. Uh, what's, Jamie what's and I. Wiffle ball? All right, let me story, story top for a moment here. So um, <laughs> I was only I was only joking, by the way. Todd. Yeah, totally having a joke. I know you were just story. No, it's cool, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So no, <laughs> wiffle ball is like um, we. It's baseball with like plastic shit. So it's like maybe like it's a plastic bat and a plastic ball. You know, you just play it at the park on a picnic. Okay. No, so no gloves, no no ba- gloves no or mitts. you know, it's safe. Um, why is and it we called, played. Why is it called wiffle ball? Couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but all I know is we were sitting at this picnic and we knew one person. We were invited to it, and um, yeah. it was Doug Pound's picnic, who is this comedian that we really love. Okay. Um, in a, from America, and um, someone was like, "Do you want to come to Doug Pound's picnic?" So we said yes. And then while we're at <laughs> Doug Pound's picnic, um, someone said, "Do you want to play wiffle ball?" <laughs> and we said, "Sure." And of then it was like me, Jamie, and like three other people playing. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> and, we, and we both took incredible catches. Remember that was like well, that's incredible. What we both took oh. absolute <laughs> screamers. <laughs> It was like, mine was like diving forward and I did this full somersault thing and then threw it up cricket style at the end. And then Jamie did this, the one of those ones where you're running backwards and you look over your shoulder. But, and uh, then you yeah, we, but, for, but for the first like 
for the first part of the sprint, you're not looking back at the ball. Yeah. You're, just, <laughs> you're just running yeah. as, as fast as you can. As you can yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you turn around. And it's right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's there. But anyway. did, when you, did you also, was there also a dive at the end of yours, Jamie? Or There wasn't for nah. mine, no, but Todd's was, Todd's <laughs> yeah. was like a, like a landed completely <laughs> well, horizontally yeah. on the, yeah. And, but Jamie's, there was no dive, but it was the ball held up and a circle like running around, looping back around, just cheersing <laughs> the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that sounds a lot more physically demanding than the frisbee that I was throwing mm. around with uh, Marsha and John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you've been topped. Consider yourself topped. <laughs> Sorry about but, that. But um, but yes, yeah, so um, so that's what I was thinking of before. Uh, you know the um, ex Greens politician Scott Ludlam. Remember him? Mm. Yeah. Well, he nah. he was a guest, he was a guest <laughs> he was a guest on my <laughs> on my podcast ages ago, and I'd never met him, yeah. but um. Yeah. But you know, I kind of had a sense of a sense of him, if you know what I mean. So it's yeah, not completely okay. like a blind date. I, I've never been on no. a bl- I've never been on a blind date before. I'm not, not I, me I, either. Haven't you? I thought like, mm. uh, are you guys? Do you guys have uh, partners? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. we do. I, 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 I tinder dates. Um, classified as blind dates. Well, you tell me. I, they I've, are right. I don't have. I'm too. Okay. Uh, I miss Tinder. I I, I mm. didn't. I've heard of yeah. it, but I've never used are it you, or seen it. Are you partnered up? Yeah, I've been married for like fifteen years. So, oh um, wow. Okay. So yeah. So it's just not even a you almost, the, almost Tinder missed, thing. Missed not email. Not thing. No. Well, when my, when <laughs> when I started <laughs> yeah. going when I started when I started partnering up with my my now wife, like social there was no social MySpace didn't even yeah. exist. Yeah. It was uh, wow. It was pre all of that, but I guess people still went on blind dates. But I guess you had mm. to be you had to be partnered up by people who knew you, that like you know. yeah. Set up, you'd be set up, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But when you yeah. go on a but when you go on a um, but when you go on a blind date with somebody and you have no you know you've never met them before you don't know anything about them I think that would be pretty um, that'd be pretty risky. I, I, I don't mm. know if I I don't know if I can handle that. You have to trust your friend. So your friend is like, "Hey, you, you should go on a, out on a date with my friend um, Sarah," and mm, then yeah. you have to just be like, "Okay, well, I'm trusting you here." You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't make you know because yeah, they got to be a good friend. They got to know. Mm. Mm. Totally, they can't be totally. one. They got to they got to know you real well. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually a pretty good motivation for me not to get divorced. Because mm. I just the, the idea of scene. the idea of dating again just scares the shit out of me. But look, um, for people for people listening who um, don't don't know about uh, these New South Wales, can you like kind of give fill, fill? I mean, I could describe it, but why? I just probably you guys are here. You probably do a better yeah. job than me. Um, of uh, of yeah, what what these New South Wales are because it's a it's a many it's a multifaceted beast. It is. It it start it started really and is still primarily a band. Um, um, we've released you know a couple of couple of records, but also we um, in 2015 made a like a just a DIY kind of mockumentary and chucked it on YouTube and. Um, and we we sort of like gather gather a little bit of a following, I guess, from that. We we were mm. really just playing playing to no one before that, but it sort of that that introduced us to a bit of an audience. And we it was a, like a mocker about 
a punk band, like being in a punk band, basically. Just yeah, yeah, like, like a it's satire of music. So kind of like Spinal Tap meets The Office or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, a, the, that's the that's the elevator pitch of the show. That, that, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good pitch. That's something that a yeah. lot of people, most people, Two classics, kind of yeah. yeah, make sense of that. Um, yeah, well, that yeah. was how yeah. I that was how I first came across you. Um, I I must have just been something. I don't even know how I discovered it. It must have it probably just came up on my newsfeed and on mm. on, a, on social media or something, and and I clicked on it, mm. and then once I watched the first one, then I was off watching them all. Um, oh, that's awesome! But you were so, you were playing as as were you called these New South Wales as a band before the Docker? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so we formed the band in 2011, and at the time it was just like we were uh, we were we were playing in other bands at the time, and kind of just like I don't know, sick of overthinking music and taking it taking ourselves so seriously right. and we came up we came up with this band as like a kind of a concept that we just sort of would joke about while we were at the pub sort of thing for about six months and then we we're actually like oh we should start this band and the whole idea was just to make something really just horrendous and um and sort of in, i guess intentionally bad yeah and then play and play try and book shows as an experiment um and we just set a bunch of ground rules like uh, at the start, like there are no bad ideas. Um, if we write a if we write a song that we that we hate, that we have to play it live anyway. Um, you know, we we just basically were not allowing ourselves to overthink any part mm. of the process, and mm. and not allowing our own creative judgment to interfere with the output, for better or for worse, really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I find that really interesting, like that idea of. Like so much cool stuff has happened creatively when people have got to a point where they have just stopped trying to be this thing. Like they've almost like mm. there's that thing of like letting go or giving up or just like getting to a point where it's just like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm going to stop trying to fucking do this thing and I'm just going to... There's Yeah, like cool... It's mm. like you get surprised, I guess, sometimes by the shit that takes off, right? Because... Mm. Um, because I'm assuming that the New South Wales, these New South Wales thing kind of took off pretty fast once you started making this mockumentary, which is something that, like, not I don't think anybody had in Australia had kind of done before. I certainly have never s- sort of come across it before. And it struck me as being super risky because you're challenging the audience pretty hard by, like, <laughs> yeah, by, like, have, doing this mockumentary thing but whilst also being a band that's kind of doing serious stuff right mm. yeah it was weird that there was there was a transition from from eventually for us from like writing like trying to be a bad band to, to try and to try to to trying to be a good band or, or at least desiring having the desire to be a, yeah. a good band of yeah, yeah. music that we would listen to um and like, it, it was it was kind of ch- sorry todd no I, go ahead my bad. Um, it was kind of challenging in the sense that, you know, at, at a certain point we released the first season of our mockumentary and and we were playing these kind of like uh, egotistical uh, sort of <laughs> delusional yeah kind of not to be too judgmental but kind of losers <laughs> and then and but then like in, in you know in our other you know in the in the in the main project the band we were sort of um, 
striving to make music that, that you know, we would like to listen to ourselves. So, yeah. it, that kind of presented some pretty funny challenges as well, actually. Yeah, <laughs> sort of um, shifting the satire from the band to the show and then trying to make the, the band legit and people to understand that was al- has always been a challenge. It still is. Did you did you kind of how much of this was kind of an ac- a happy accident that you had to figure out as you went along, and how much of it was kind of a p- was planned? We just followed our noses with this project from the get go. I mean, like um, we're all really into comedy, and a f- couple of us in the band were actors as well, right? Um, and so, I mean, we were living around um, a few filmmaker friends at the time who were quite happy to like get the camera out and just make some bullshit. So, we, we made a lot of just stupid videos for our own entertainment early on. And so, the idea to make a show just kind of progressed very uh, naturally. And we didn't really think too much about, oh, how's the band going to be perceived versus yeah, this? Yeah. It, to, to, to us at the time, it felt like a separate project altogether. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And, and at the time, the band was never going to be more than playing to five people at World Bar on a Saturday night as well. Like, no. that was the <laughs> level. That was the height of the band. Yeah, it had been then, four so years of playing to no one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and so, when did when you started doing the mockumentary, you were, it was just total DIY thing. How did um, Comedy Central get involved and how did it kind of t- sort of progress from there? We, we pitched the show pretty hard and we actually went pretty hard trying to because we really believed in it like while yeah. we were making it we were we were just on like such a, a like a really great creative tick and we yeah, were yeah. taking the footage home every night and watching it and just being like holy fuck this is way <laughs> uh, better than we were expecting it yeah, to be yeah. you know mm. and um, so by the time we had a finished product we were like let's fucking try and like do something with it yeah Um, and uh Really, I guess the Comedy Central thing happened in a in a really funny turn of events where my my brother who directs and produces the show as well. Okay. Um, he he works in the film industry and and he ha- he downloaded the Instagram unfollow app where you f- where you see who unfollows you. <laughs> ah. Yeah. And he checked it one day and this dude that he had worked with had unfollowed him and he was like, oh, that's interesting. And he clicked on his <laughs> Instagram and because he hadn't spoken to the guy in years and the guy was now head of acquisitions at Comedy Central <laughs> okay. and and my brother like hit him up and was like hey what, I can't remember his name Andrew let's say hey Andrew how are you going man um, long time no speak you know what's what's new and Andrew's like oh I'm working at Comedy Central Ben said oh funny that I've got this show I should show you and, and he did and that's kind of how that, that happened <laughs> yeah. through that follow up <laughs> that's, we have a few amazing coincidental stories like that from the series actually um but before that, um, too, Jamie, we from season one we made that and we showed our friend Jeff, who who's a director um, and executive producer himself. He's actually in the show. He played. He's he's Bronson from Around the Twist, and he's in season two, episode three. Um, he's a good friend of ours, very successful, and he he liked the show and he shared our show with his agents in in LA. Um, but this was before he released season one, and we just made it expecting to do like literally like put it on youtube and get like 50 views or something yeah and um and like next minute his agent said um set us up with a meeting with 20th century fox which was <laughs> just blew our mind yeah, so yeah. we just jumped on a plane overseas because like why not you got to and yeah. we just ended up pitching over there and nothing came of that but 
it sort of made us really believe and val- like in and validate what we were doing. So just yeah. that that so apart from like we knew that it wasn't just us that liked it at that point. And so um that's what motivated us to do a season two and then we made a season two and then the Comedy Central thing happened after right, just hard okay. hard work and a bit of luck really. Because it's like it's really it's quality, like it's well shot, you know, it looks good as well as being funny and you know, original. It looks really good as well, you know. It doesn't look like it looks homemade, but it doesn't look cheap. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's like, I think it's, it was kind of important for it to have that um, charm about it, I think, so that it felt sort of authentic, you know, like the guys who shot it are all, are all professionals and, um, and super good friends, you know, Mm. so it was like, it had a real, it didn't, it was, you know, we only ever had, I think the max kind of amount of crew we ever had was five on it or something like that, Mm. maybe even less in the, in the first season. So it was a small crew and we didn't, go to ham on lighting or anything it was all very situational and um tried to keep it looking sort of real and authentic mm. and mm. then just especially early on like taking advantage of real situations and then sort of writing around those to get that right. authenticity out of it as well so were you ever um, filming filming like while you were on tour or playing shows yeah we were actually we i mean we we we, we uh we would tour um we, we gathered a heap of footage before we made the first season, but then we toured after the first season and shot that whole thing so that we had footage just to splice into the second season. But also we'd shoot like real things. Like there was a, there was a, um, a uh, panel that I was on at Big Sound um, and like we got the chance to troll. There was like 150 people in the audience. It was a real panel with like all these music industry professionals and me on it and my mission was to fuck it up. <laughs> and um, we we shot that and included that in our show. So there was some sort of real life moments nice. yeah. thrown into it, like as people well. walking out of, in the audience and stuff. Like just someone, I remember someone yelling out to Jamie, "No, let someone else talk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. And then yeah, it, it was a few other real situations. Like we filmed backstage at Laneway. We weren't playing, but they let us film there. And my job was to be in character and walk around and just like be that annoying guy backstage like trying to make friends with all the bands <laughs> so i go i go up to alex from mets and just like pretend i've seen his show and like have to tell him my band and he's like i've never heard of you but i'll try and make you set and stuff and just like <laughs> being i'm acting but they don't know i'm acting so yeah. it's really like really hard to do yeah he took a bullet for that yeah yeah it was tough yeah. so how has it been like um with like how does that affect your relationships with people like after the fact like if you um if your first experience with like meeting somebody in a band is like in character unbeknownst to them then what after that what happens then like next time you see him do you kind of go explain it or or just not worry <laughs> probably probably not i don't know i mean i know that there were for for the for that big sound panel i think there were, i met someone years later who was like at one of our shows and said to me, hey, uh, I actually was one of the people that walked out of that big sound panel. I had no idea that I was being tro- like trolled at all. And I like, you know, found out years later and felt so embarrassed and felt like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the, fir- yeah. the first time that I ever, s- the first time I saw Spinal Tap was um, like in the, it's been the 80s sometime and um, my older brother brought it home and um, from the video shop and I 
had no sort of idea what it was and started watching it and for about the first for about two years after watching it i thought they were a real band and it was a real mm. it was a real documentary like and i yeah. guess that was you, you know that was what part of what made it so, made it so great was that sort of it's so close to real um so how do you kind of are there people that like just come to your shows do people know what to expect when they come and see you play live now do they are they expecting the mockumentary band or do they know or do you get a sense of that no i think they know now yeah i think earlier like more around the time of the sort of first season it was the lines were more uh blurred and less delineated at the time we were still pretty like uh I don't know. We we fuck with the audience a lot, and there was there's a lot of sort of chaos in the shows and stuff. So they were kind of getting a bit of both. Mm. But I think audiences nowadays know that they that when they come to our shows, they're they're getting the the records, you know, and like you know, still a lot of energy and chaos and stuff. But yeah, yeah we're, we're we're sort of less, I guess, comedic live, mm. you know, mm. in, in some senses. The, yeah. sh- the shows themselves <clears throat> in the early days too was were kind of an act, like people. You know, we were in a bit of more of a character back then and fucking with the audience a bit more, right. just even within just the live performances. So it was a lot more blurred back then, yeah. My, my two favorite moments from the mockumentary, from the documentary, are um, the appearances <laughs> by uh, Jimmy Barnes in his episode yeah. and, and Daniel Johns in his episode. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they both, the, I was super impressed with like how well they were mm. like. I mean, Barnes, they were fantastic. They were so good. Yeah, mm. they were both brilliant. Yeah, and Jimmy Barnes, when he got there that day, he goes, "Just so you know, I can't act." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, "No, never, never done it. I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm doing. Yeah. But I'm going to go." He's bless him for doing it. So we contacted him, and he watched it, and he just said, "Tell, tell them us to, to like um, the people we're in touch with. Tell them I said they're silly idiots, and I'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he rocked up. With that, yeah, with that script in his hand, all rolled he up. He rocked. It was so cute. It rocked so up with cute. his script and, yeah. his, and his makeup artist. <laughs> yeah. He was there for an hour, and then he was off to a book signing. Yeah, a book no signing way. thing. It was done. He, he fucking was nailed it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and D- and DJ was really good as well. I mean, that was a a, a largely improvisational afternoon of shooting. It was like well. When I say largely, I mean completely improvisational yeah. <laughs> session <laughs> right. of shooting, and we were yeah. um, just. Daniel just took it down all these fucking wild and wonderful roads and our job was just to sort of like corral him back onto the... Because yeah. we had some kind of plot points that we needed to hit. <laughs> um, so, that was a real wild afternoon of shooting. Yeah. that um, The story's a good one there. So, we'd written this, the script. Um, we'd, we'd written Daniel Johns into the script without him... Without asking him to be in it or having ever met him. Yeah. And um, so, it was getting to around... Two or three weeks out from filming, and we still and we had funding. We had funding we for had the second season based it. on the fact that Daniel Johns oh was my yeah. God. in. Okay. And it was an integral part of the story. <laughs> and like storylines, yeah. Like the episode before, we're going on about how Daniel Johns wants to meet us and stuff. So, like, it needs to work. And we haven't <laughs> got a yes from him. And we, Jamie and I were kind of just hanging out in um, Sydney, and we went to we went to a bar just like. 8 p.m. on a Saturday night and we were the only ones in the bar. We're sitting at the bar just chatting yeah. and then we just hear, um, I'll have four espresso martinis, thanks. And the bartender's like, do you mean two? And he goes, no, I'll get these guys some as well. 
and we turn around and it's Daniel Johns. No way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, buying us drinks for buying no reason. Us drinks. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And he was he was with a friend of ours, Jake, and that's how we met Daniel through Jake, and that's how we got them to watch the show and Daniel liked it and just said, Yep, I'm down. Two weeks later we're filming at his house. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, oh my it's god. Amazing. Yeah. So Fucking that we got lucky there. It's just sometimes shit's just meant to happen, I reckon. Yeah. When that it, sort of thing. It definitely felt like that for us. <laughs> well yeah, And it was insane. Like he was literally like my favourite artist as a fourteen year old. You know, yeah, it was like yeah. I was learning his songs on the guitar. Learn a few of yours too, actually, Kev. Yeah, and, um, you were also, you were also moshing to Jebediah. Yeah, I went to first first crowd surf. That's, you, that's to you. Oh, really? You should be yeah. really. Uh, well, yeah. At the yeah, no, at really. the big Adelaide, day out. Or? Adelaide big day out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what year. Ninety something. Um, yeah, I got it would have in ninety nine or two thousand. Would have been ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, I actually, I actually watched that a bit year. Of Manson played Her, Ma- Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah, yeah. it was. It was I one of so, them. Yeah, corn. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a weird time to be doing Big Day Out. Big, like I think Hole was on one of those. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it, it was kind of like, yeah. I mean, because we, you know, we grew up sort of going to the Big Day Out, sort of you know, early and mid nineties, and mm. you know, it was just like that was just the best thing in the world and you know the biggest dream for us was like oh if we could play the big day out one day or play on the main stage of the big day out that would just be like getting to the olympics right but then when we did it was it was fucking awesome but the musical landscape had changed so much by then Mm. and um and yeah like it had gotten a lot darker and um heavier and um and was being headlined so yeah the, the those years where we were doing main stage tours yeah, the headline bands were kind of. Well, there wasn't really a lot of stuff that I was that into. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Yeah, Marilyn Manson Hole. Um, I think it was the Foo Fighters might have been on one. That was all right. Um, <laughs> court, yeah. What kind one? of stuff would you have? Hang on. So you were a bit like, oh, damn! I wish this lineup was. Oh, I you wish know, it, populated with the shit I that I it, like. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there was still a lot of stuff that I liked, but I guess it was more of the Australian, like heaps of the Australian bands that run up were like our friends of that sort of era, you know, you regurgitator and living end and Powderfinger mm. and, um, all those kind of bands, spider bait. Um, yeah, I think blink one, eight, two were, um, I think blink one, eight, two. We, I think we went on stage after blink one, eight, two at one of those. Oh, wow. Was, was blink one, eight, two at the one that you went to Todd? In Adelaide they, or? they were at, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I think I would have gone to 99 and 2000, but yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. What about Silverchair? Were they playing? Are you friends with DJ? I, I, we've, we've, we've hung out. Yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah. we're friends. We're not like mm. best yeah. buddies or anything, but yeah. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. He's always, yeah. always been an absolute sweetheart every time I've, uh, yeah, yeah, come into contact with him and, yeah, I really like him, and I, yeah, I love seeing him on the on the show. It was mm. I just thought he sm- he just killed it. It was so funny, um, <laughs> yeah. and it, like so was was any of the stuff. What? How much of what he said was scripted, and how much did he make up? None of it was scripted, but it was it was um <laughs> the, the the just the plot points were we needed to hit, you know. So like he needed yeah. to 
to tell you know he needed to get us in the studio with Scott Horscroft. He needed to right, um, okay. slap. He needed to slap Luke. Things like that. But like right. none of the words were. They're all just fresh <laughs> out of the horse's mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He really you know. took it and ran with it. That's for sure. D- it was. Uh, yeah. Do any of you have babies? Certainly yeah. wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I um, love the I love the one, the line where he, where he says, oh, "I've been trying to I've been trying to be a punk for twenty years, but I just yeah. looking coming out weird and gay or something." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, and we certainly didn't write that. that so <laughs> we did good. not write that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was so it was it was like we were there. I was meeting him for properly again, like basically for the first time. A producer of the show, so it had to like keep in mind these plot points, and also just starstruck that we're filming in his house, yeah. and also <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's wild, Todd. Well, I was just gonna say it's wild because I remember because my brother and I were directing the show, and so mm. we were we were parked out the front of Daniel's house, and me and Ben went in to meet Daniel and and make sure that you know everything was ready to go. And then Daniel went off to his bedroom and we brought the rest of the boys in mm. and sat him on that couch. And then so the first time Todd met one of his childhood heroes was <laughs> on on camera while rolling. In oh, character. Seen him. In so character. Good. So my character's meeting him for the first time. I'm actually meeting him for the first time and it's, it was just so incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> how, how old were you when you played those big day out shows, Kev? Um. Oh, so let's see. Ninety. I was twenty. I was born in seventy-seven. Twenty. So right. I was I young. Was Twenty-one when I did that ninety-nine one. And oh, time of your life. Dude, I, know, I watched. I watched. Babies. I watched some of that footage just when when I when I when I you know when you asked us to come on this pod, I just typed in Jebediah Big Day Out just to see the, yeah, right. the carnage. And um. Oh boy, that was fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, how, how how did your twenty two year old mind um oh, cope with that? It, I, it was weird. It was like I, I think because those are to, to this day like the biggest crowds that the band has ever played to, particularly mm. the two thousand one, which may have been the video that you saw. I don't know. I haven't seen footage of ninety nine. So the one you saw was probably two thousand. Were we all wearing right. like um, uh, parachute material tracksuits? Uh. Not to my memory, but you might have been. Okay. I can't remember what you were wearing, to be honest. Well, yeah, because that, that was a 2001, and that, that, that was when we were, we were doing main stage late, sort of in the late afternoon. And, um, yeah, it was kind of like a bit of a blur. If it wasn't for those... If it wasn't for video footage of it, I'd be, like, wondering yeah, if it even happened, happened kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't... I mean, God, speaking of Daniel Johns, I mean, he could... Uh, he could talk about this kind of thing um, much more than I could, that's for sure, because he was younger and, you know, mm. a, far more popular. Um, but, yeah, it is it is a lot to... I, I don't know how... I, I think I was fairly... Um, I think I was f- relatively immature for my age, too. I wasn't like a wise old head on, a young, on young shoulders, you mm. know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which some people are. You see some... You know, you see some kids now that are like same age, and they just seem so like mature and wise beyond their years. And I just look at them yeah. like someone like um, I, I think she's been a guest actually on your um, on your podcast, Stella Donnelly. Did you have Stella on? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She 
<clears throat> on the last solo record I made, she sang a song with me, and um, I'd never met her before. And she came in, and she's about twenty-one or something. She's early twenties, and um, and she was just like, I, I, she was so professional, and she was so mature and well-spoken. And I look back at video footage of me at the same age, or think back to myself at the same age, and I was just a dick. I mean, like, yeah. I couldn't string a sentence together. I was so insecure. Like, yeah, it's just, it amazes me. So I think people, yeah, some people are probably better at dealing with it than others. I think I got through it without, you know, destroying myself too much. But, um, yeah, yeah. But I definitely, um, I'm sure that, you know, a lot of the alcohol and drug taking was as a, a response to, just trying to deal with the you know like yeah. the magnitude of totally. what was going on just not having the yeah yeah not not it's having a, it's the a high pressure sitch yeah and, and you kind of get thrown into it and it happened really fast for us you know like mm. um yeah i mean we only formed in 95 the first record that we did was two years later and that was what that's still like the biggest record we ever ha- had so it kind of happened all in a couple of years. Um, wow! So you're just not you're not prepared at all. Yeah, um, I kind of envy some people who, like, I look at a band like Something for Kate, for example, who kind of emerged at the same time as us. We we signed we were on the same label. They we were signed mm. to them just after they were, and about the same age as you know those guys, pretty much the same age, maybe a year or two older, but, um, and like. They, you know, they were, you know, pretty popular on their first album. Then their second album came out, and they got a bit more. It was a bit more successful. Then their third album came out, and that was the one that, like, you know, where they started getting mainstream success and getting played on commercial radio and stuff. By that stage, they're probably in their like, it's the two thousands, so they're probably in their sort of at least mid to late twenties or something. That's yeah. well, that's, and I look at that and sometimes think, oh god, you know, it would be so different. Um, you'd. I just feel like you'd be so much better at handling it and you'd also be better at mm. holding on to it as well. Cause yeah, Because like, sure. it came so quickly and easily to Jebediah and then it also <laughs> it also went just as quickly and easily because we didn't know how, how to hold on to it, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can, I can imagine. Yeah, it's crazy so, days. So, you would have been like not even 20 when you wrote the album. Uh, odd way yeah yeah well we went in i was 19 when that came out Jeez. so those are all songs that i would have that written so fun between you know around 17 18 19 that's were you in high school writing those songs no the, the band formed three months after i graduated year uh, from year 12 so i finished year oh, 12 that's the, and that's then, the, what a shining time of life that is <laughs> <laughs> isn't it, it finishing grade that, 12 yeah mag- it's pretty magical it's a magical time um yeah. Do you ever um, do you do you ever think like listen to a song like maybe from that album and just ever think of yourself where you were like when you came up with the riff like sitting on your bed or anything like that? I'd say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I well, do that sometimes. It's fun. The, the ones it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can remember. I could look at lots of songs off that first Jebediah record and tell you exactly where I was. All right, I'll, let's go. I can remember let's the exact. One. I, <laughs> Because okay. I, I know where I was when I learnt this song. I was in a guitar lesson in, in Adelaide and Mitcham. Uh, leaving Home. Oh, Leaving Home, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd, 
I was um, in my first share house, having just left home, as the song, <laughs> <laughs> as the song illustrates. Um, and yeah, I was just in my shitty ro- in my shitty room. I, I, there was four of us that lived in this house in in Perth, and um, this was in 1996, so a year before we recorded the song. Mm. Um, and we in the share house. There was four of us there. I was paying. I had the smallest, shittiest room in the house. I was paying $40 a week in rent. <laughs> oh, my God. That's Ever nice. been to... The, the room it's was a pack of ciggies like, these days. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Fucking not even. Couldn't even get a yeah. pack. Well, not nice yeah. pack anyway. <laughs> not a fancy one. Um, yeah. And yeah, the room was only about like, you know, two metres by three metres or something. But um, but yeah, but it suited me great because... Um, I was touring all the time anyway, so I, you know, um, but, but yes, I can remember like having my guitar plugged into my little, um, Samic, I've still got it around here. I had a little Samic 12 watt amp, Nice. my guitar plugged in, a little court guitar plugged in and, um, just sitting on the edge of my bed playing it because no one was in the house at the time. And then while I was writing the song and coming up with the lyrics, everybody, all my housemates and their friends all came in through the front door mm. um and that's why there's the lyrics in it it's like um i could hear them through the door as people came in laughing at the way they acted when they were alone that, that was basically just like what was happening at the time i was just amazing to get down. Wow. so yes yeah, so i've got very vivid memories and the same with harpoon mm. and even yeah. and other songs too songs that the band sort of wrote in as a jam mm. i can remember what jam room we were in and yeah yeah really vividly it's really nice. Wow. Where do you live these days, Kev? Um, I'm in a place called Ocean Grove, which is um, it's in Victoria on the they kind of I guess they call it the Surf Coast because it's um, on the way t- to the Great Ocean Road, Torquay. Oh yeah, Torquay's yeah, like yeah. Torquay's about twenty minutes drive further down. Mm. The oh, coast. beautiful, nice. What a, so, yeah. what a great spot. What are you guys? Uh, what are you guys drinking tonight? You're uh, I'm, I'm drinking a um a, a zero point zero Peroni. Oh nice! Nice. Does it taste like? Yeah. Is it a? Is it like um? Does it do? Does it give you the kind of beer thing that you need from the flavour? Or uh it 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 just tastes it tastes like beer, yeah. Mm. Um, which is yeah, kind of kind of kind of new for me because I haven't had alcohol for a very 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 long time. How long? You're on the red cordial. Are you the same? I'm on the cranberry juice. That's why I asked. Yeah, because I, I've just. I'm just having a break, so um, because so I'm just thinking about not drinking it all the time, because mm. it's, because it's still very new to me. You're right. Yeah. How long have you gone without a drink? It's nearly nine years. It'll be Holy nine years in November. Shit! Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's almost as long as the band's been going, right? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I think I got sober in 2012 when we started the band in 2011. Yeah, right, okay. So it was it was shortly after the band started. Yeah, because the um, uh, what about you, Todd? You still? You yeah, I drink. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a. That's a young Henry's shout outs. Oh, shout out. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the booze thing, it you know, it kind of creeps. It definitely creeps up on you after a while. When when I first started playing Ooh, yeah. in bands, I don't, we we didn't really drink. We just smoked pot. We we weren't really boozers mm. at all. And then um. Over the years, just slowly, gradually, it just it creeps up in you, and then yeah, yeah. 
So, yep. so I'm yeah, hit, no, hit, no them feels. Hitting the cranberries. I'm hitting the cranberries. I'm three weeks, three weeks. Um, nice. And I, I don't really know. It's just an experiment. I'm not, I don't really mm. know. I don't really have a particular goal in mind. It's just, yeah. I'm just experimenting with sobriety just to sort of test it out for a while, see what it's like. Fuck yeah, why not? What's the worst that could happen, eh? Well, no. Not, well, <laughs> yeah. I guess the, the worst that can happen... Other than a nervous breakdown. Is, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like getting a bit... Uh, the worst that can happen is just maybe getting a bit bored. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or like being... Because Jebs did some shows the other week and it's the first time I played sober in... I can't mm. even remember the last time, right? Years and years. Mm-hmm. Did these two Jeb and I shows, what, a, a club show and a festival and um, and I did them, yeah, without alcohol and it wasn't... It was actually Playing on stage was actually easier than... I thought it would be... Work, I thought it would be more awkward. It was actually fine. It was, it was all the stuff before and after. Like when the gig was finished, I just wanted to leave. Like this... Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I can't really be fucked hanging around. Because yeah. when you're not drinking, it's just like, oh, I just want to go back to the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Was so, that a show at Mel- Sydney Meyer Music Bowl? Oh, we did do one. At, that was a little while ago. Yeah, earlier in the year. Now, the one that we did a couple of weeks ago was in Sydney at, um, at Randwick. Randwick. Ah, okay. Uh, Randwick Racecourse. It was a bit of a 90s kind of... Grinspoon headlined it and... Oh, nice. Asked some Magic Dirt and Friends of Rom. I'm not imagining that you played at Sydney Meyer Music Bowl in Melbourne, am I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we played there. Um, you did play there? At the start of the year with uh, Spiderbait. Because you know what? I heard you from my house. Oh, no shit, really? <laughs> did you? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You're like, that's Kev. Unmistakable. <laughs> I thought, I thought, fuck, Kev sounds like he's sober. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was at the start of the year, so I was, I was drinking yeah. there, so... Definitely. He's playing oh. all his chords well. Egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I did. I heard you from my house. I live right near that. How was it? Did, we, Sounded great. Was it? Did you hear our body jar before us and spider bait after us? I, I heard. I heard. Um, you know, like the the faint, the dull thud of the kick drum. And, yeah. You know, yeah. like you the heard odd, um, the odd catch of it. Heard Bambalam going for about twenty minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah. Do they do the do they do the extended version of that? They love doing that. Oh, Cram they gets sh- to the, they gets sure to the do. Yeah. They yeah. sure they they extend the shit out of that song. Yeah. It goes I've must go for about that. ten minutes. No, it is I know. It is, it's fun. It is good fun. Cram's <laughs> <laughs> definitely having fun. But that was funny because um <laughs> He, uh, at that gig, because it, he lives up in Byron Bay and, and um, there'd just been that, um, I think there'd just been a, a COVID scare or whatever and um, and he he flew into Melbourne but he was he had to get tested and go straight to his hotel and wait for um, a positive result before he was allowed to leave. Mm. And, and like a couple of hours before they were supposed to go on stage, he was still hadn't got his result back. Wow. And and like Janet from Spiderbait's like coming into our room and going off, you know, Cram's not allowed out of his hotel room until he gets his result back. And she was kind of looking at Brett, our drummer, sort of, I think, expecting him to kind of go, oh, that's all right, I'll jump in. But he was like, yeah, he was Brett, like, sing. Brett ever, yeah, ever sung Black Betty by <laughs> Spiderbait? <laughs> he was not saying anything. How's your. I know. Yeah. But like, I mean, that would be the hardest, like, 
Yeah, for a drum like for, that's not the kind of drummer role that you can just kind of jump into, is it? Yeah, no, yeah, you're very right. much no. in the spotlight in that role. Yeah, it's not at the back of the stage, just hiding away. Hey, yeah. um, could, let's talk about the. Um, I asked you guys to bring in. Um, well, I ask all my guests to bring in some songs to chat about. Um, at the end of the podcast, just to um, yeah, get a get a a little idea of um what they're into and it started off as a um it started the idea started off as like a thing where i would ask guests to um choose or to pick songs from their 25 most played list on itunes and uh, that was in, oh, yeah. that was in 2016 and now like nobody <laughs> nobody seems to <laughs> nobody uses yeah. itunes anymore no um, no so um so now it's just like three songs just choose three songs or you know whatever you want um did you guys kind of have any kind of theme that you base these around or is it just kind of stuff that you're into now yeah we did actually we caught up for a coffee this morning and picked them oh nice um, which was nice um that's the theme coffee catcher (laughs) (laughs) so i'm okay so these are going to be like coffee house songs a bit of easy listening bit of james taylor yeah Yeah, leonard cohen (laughs) no we um we just picked some songs that are like they they're to us they're punk songs. We're a punk band. Um, well, you know, I say that with the air quotes. But um, yeah, they're like songs that like for us are like bands that we kind of like and would consider to be a new wave of punk. So we list, like I grew up listening to punk, like Friends, all like No Effects, these mm-hmm. kinds of bands. Um, but for me, this is very different style of music, but uh, something that kind of reignited. Uh, reignited my love and interest for punk in like more recent years yeah cool that's what i would describe it as what about you jamie yeah i reckon the same i mean i think one of the songs um todd and i really it's it might actually be one of the first bands that we really musically Mm. like we'd already been in a band for three years as well but that we really musically saw eye to eye on uh todd introduced me to this band and um yeah, was this bef- was this before or after you um, had a fight at school about who was the better guitar player? <laughs> yeah, after that, yeah, yeah. this is yeah. kind of what got us back together. Yeah, right. Okay. I can play one front to back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it it was it was. Um, but Todd showed me this band, and then I became a mega fan of the band. And um, Ice Age is the band we're talking Ice about. Ice Age is the band. Yeah, okay, Copenhagen. Cool. All right, if you, I don't. We, yeah. Don't want to dictate your order there, but yeah. No, no, I lo- no, that's great. Um, dictate away. So, um, from Copenhagen in uh, Denmark. Yeah, I remember yes. just hearing it and going, "This is fresh. Like, it's really like aggressive, energetic, but sounds new to me. I've never heard this before, and I've mm. listened to punk for so long, and I just love it. And I just thought Jamie might like it. And we both say that like it took me like two or three listens of the album before I kind had something to grab onto like i just yeah. thought it was a mess mm. at, at first and then i was absolutely yeah. confused yeah when todd showed me <laughs> uh he showed me a song and i was just i just watched the video and just thought is this i are they tr- is this a is this like a, a shreds video where like it's mm. intentionally bad <laughs> i'm not sure what's going on but i was intrigued and i ended up just watching some more and still thinking like the vocals aren't like working over like they're not yeah they sound like vocals from a different song just placed 
over this song. And but then yeah, you're right. Like uh, uh, when you can something draws you in with it, and you keep listening. And then now I, you can imagine, I can imagine them being played by a symphony orchestra. You know what I mean? Like the the, the vocal melodies and the music and everything is just so uh, incredibly powerful and beautiful. Mm. Do they sing in English? Yeah. Yeah. What is there? What is the? Is there Danish? The uh, national yeah. <laughs> language of yeah, Denmark? yeah, Danish. Danish. And I think there's something really intriguing about bands that are, are you know English as a second language and then singing yeah, in English. Yeah. There's something really like uh, I don't know. It it hits hard. Mm. It hits real hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, all right, we'll, let, we'll we'll listen to a little we'll listen to a little snippet of it. Um, Sick. I had not. I'd not heard of these guys before. Are they? So, is that song? Uh, sorry, what's the name of the song we're listening to? Morals. Morals. Started out quite thrashy, um, and then progressively, album to album, they've kind of changed and got a l- little less punk, a little more clean around the edges, but still quite. Right. Well, now they sound like the Rolling Stones. And yeah. I'm like you know, that's a really kind of <laughs> that's a really kind of brazen yeah. way of putting it, but yeah. they do. And, and but their first couple of records, it was really hard to pinpoint a reference. Yeah, and exactly. So frantic. Uh, yeah, frantic. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're into punk and you're listening, check out the first two, two records and move up from there, I'd say. Uh, what's, uh, what's, what's next? What's the next one you want to play? Uh, let's go to Total Control. Yeah, Total Control from Victoria. 
So ah, okay, this cool. is um, uh, so it features a member from Eddie Current Suppression Ring, I'm sure, ah, yeah, right. which were kind of pretty pretty nice, um, cool new newer kind of punk band from Melbourne as well. Um, yeah, what happened to those guys? They, they, they seem like they they went quiet for a while. They released a record last year though, but they were ah, quite okay. quiet for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, great band and um, yeah, kind, they were cool. kind of like once again like bit of a new wave of punk and like quite original sounding really it's for the yeah. time and what was mm. happening and um mikey young from the band is in total control and it's a bit more of a right. um it's kind of got punk roots but it's a bit more of an electronic mix too jamie would you say yeah post post punk kind okay. of sounds yeah. and um, uh, okay and yeah, da- yeah. daniel stewart from a hardcore band called straight jacket nation is the vocalist um and it's obviously this it's got a bit of a joy Joy Division kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I'd say so. Has it got yeah. a bit of that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I know. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely post-punk, but it's they're just a really good band, and I think they kind of sum up like how much the genre has moved and changed and morphed into so many things now. Mm. And just re- super clever um, and well placed. Uh, what's the word? Like structure and and. Uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but orchestration, you know, it's like it's really, everything's really carefully put together on the records. Yeah, right. Yeah. What's the name of the song? Flesh War. Expensive Dog. Oh, no, dog. Expensive, expensive Dog. Expensive Dog, sorry. Ah, uh, Expensive Dog. Yeah. you guys did you guys start writing songs when did you guys start writing songs did you start writing like years before the band kind of got together and yeah what was your sort of entry point into writing songs um for me 
it was just in high school learning songs I liked and then I had friends in bands and I just wanted to be in one too and I was just writing my own in my bedroom. <laughs> but I didn't start, I yeah. wasn't in my first band until I was 21. So, Todd, what about the fact uh, yeah. that you were learning you were learning your friend's band songs in the hope that maybe the guitarist was sitting oh, yeah. that asked you to play? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've done that, yeah. I've done that, I've done it all. I just wanted to be in a band and I wasn't and my, all my friends were. And yeah, I would learn my friend's band songs to try and get a... <laughs> yeah but i would play ar- I get it, yeah exactly and i would play around with writing my own just for fun basically yeah i i grew up in uh, i grew up doing musical theater i was in plays yeah, since right. i was 12 and yeah um, cool. and i listened to almost exclusively uh hip-hop growing up and then no I, way. I, other than silver chair i had a silver chair record and a corn record so uh, there were two kind of like heavier sounding and a metallica acts, single and a Metallica single. I had the Unforgiven 2. That's right. <laughs> oh. uh, um, but other than that, it was hip-hop. And then um, when, I w- when I turned 18... And I've been learning... Sorry, but I've been learning the keyboard since I was six. So, I could play keys and piano. Um, yeah, right. But I had no desire to be in a band. I wanted to be an actor. And, uh, yeah. and then at 18, I just was like, Oh, it'd be sick to be in a band. That'd be <laughs> mad. <laughs> That'd be fucking mad. Imagine that. Mm. And then I just started playing in bands with friends. Um, and I had, I would say, pretty bad taste. I wasn't one of these people who came out of the gates with good taste. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. We're like, yeah. we're just talking about Ice Age, which is that band that Todd and I love, you know. they Their first record is... is, is in in our opinion, such a masterpiece, and they were fucking like and really 16, cool. yeah. 17 when they wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. but you know, my taste was just nowhere to be seen. It's something that I've had to develop over over a long period of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I I can relate to that. I'm the same. I mean, when I mean a few years before Jebediah started, I was you know I was still coming. I was coming out of my Bon Jovi phase. Mm. And, you know. I went from Bon Jovi to Nirvana overnight, pretty much. That's pretty wow. much In exactly 19- how I would describe uh, Jebediah. No, <laughs> a little bit of Bon Jovi, yeah. a little bit of Nirvana. Well, there's definitely, definitely a little bit of Nirvana. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty much listening to just top 40 chart music until mm. I was... 13 yeah till i was in high school then yep. in high school that's when i started discovered triple j and it all kind of went from there but but yeah i don't I, yeah i'm saying i didn't really i didn't really have super awesome awesome taste yeah yeah music music or fashion <laughs> yep yep same here man there's some atrocious photos of me on google atrocious atrocious yeah. absolute crime against fashion yeah yeah, I've committed some. What crimes. about haircuts? Haircuts too. Haircut I got it all. I've got yeah. I got fashion and haircuts in the same damn shop. Mm. I um <laughs> I definitely had like a hair metal phase myself, and I had like you know Nikki Six like red patches through my hair and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my brother, not my not the brother that plays drums in Jebediah, but we've got a middle brother. His name's Adam, and um I was because I was quite impressionable being the youngest of three three boys. Um, and with no fashion sense of my own, I, I sort of copied sometimes what he was doing, thinking, well, he's a couple of years older than me. Um, he must know <laughs> what he's doing. Um, 
but he was going through this sort of goth not goth phase he wasn't really gothic i don't even know how he got into this but anyway he's hanging out with a mate who was into it and anyway he started like buying these really big heavy trench coats and sort of these fingerless leather gloves and and like sp- these it had this um these bracelets these sort of studded bracelets and i turned up to um a year eight disco wearing these studded bracelets mm. of his thinking that i was pretty you know pretty edgy yeah and I just remember, like, at some point at this disco, this year eight disco, this girl comes over and she's going, oh, can I see your bracelets or whatever? The And I show, and she was like, and she, she, I could tell that she was taking the piss out of me and that, like, she'd come over to look at them because her and her friends had obviously been laughing and giggling oh. about it. Oh, I should see what, you know. And so she'd come over to see and like was pretending to go, oh, they're really cool. Like oh. trying not to giggle and laugh. And I went off. And I just remember, I think like I just subtly kind of took them off and oh. stuffed them in my pockets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I've never forgotten. Never yeah. forgotten. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't forget that. You've never worn a studded bracelet in your, ever since. Never. My girlfriend never and I were talking about that, on anything. that kind of shit the other night. Like, there's there's some experiences. They seem mm. like they're quite innocuous experiences, but they fucking stick with you. Yeah. Mm. Well, that sort of it's like the it's the you know pre or pubescent wonder years kind of shit, man. It mm. like just doesn't go away. No. Yeah. And you, and even think even now this day thinking about it, it's just like oh so humiliating. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you poor guy. <laughs> Anyway, that's, that's, I don't even know why I brought that up. Okay, Kev, what's the if, next song? Kev, if, you're, if your inner child were here right now, I'd give your inner child a cuddle. Mm. <laughs> and say, it's okay, little Kev. <laughs> what's, uh, what, what's the next? What's the uh, third song you want to, uh, you want to have a listen to? Uh, it's um, RBB by Lola, Sydney band Lola.
these these guys are like real underground punk band from Sydney um, and this song is just uh, incredibly incredibly powerful like the particularly the the back half where where um, Mitch the singer just keeps saying you know who the fuck we are we are Western Sydney oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's staunch as it's hell like, okay yes I so th- that's a reference to the uh, soccer team or something right oh uh, it, it probably is actually I think it is yeah I'm I'm uh I'm not, not I'm not too I know I think it is and I'm not too I know that they're footy fans I'm not um too uh sure of the context of the song I just remember feeling yeah, yeah. fucking yeah. overwhelmed when I first saw it live mm. yeah yeah mm. oh you so you, you saw them like is that how you discovered them watching them live yeah actually supporting Ice Age when they're out here in Sydney oh right okay yeah cool. yeah. yeah they're a very good band but yeah like Jamie said the underground punk from Australia so if you're into that if you're into that sort of music, check them out. They're local. Mm. Um, is that? Are you? Is there like a healthy scene of that stuff happening at the moment in Australia? Do you reckon? Probably. <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yet we're, to we're be, not we're, yet to be invited into a scene. Yeah, yeah. we're not. In, um, we're not part of an underground scene or anything like that. But there, there's a, there is a healthy underground there is, punk yeah. scene, I'd say. Yeah, but who are your who who are your kind of your um, mates and contemporaries, and who do you who do you guys sort of look at as your kind of close kind of comrades in the in the music? That's scene? that's a good question. Um, I mean, we're friends with um, we're friends with a bunch of bands, really. Um, but I don't know that there's any that we're sort of like linked to. In a yeah. in a scene genre kind of sense, or, or you know? scene wise, yeah, they're more just friends. Like mm. we've yeah. we've close friends with a lot of bands, but most of them we wouldn't be able to play on the same lineup with, you know. From, really? Yeah, from like, um, you know, Jungle Giants through to you know, right dance acts like Peking Duck and stuff. It's sort of you know, it's such a yeah, just just from hanging out. But we don't really have a group or like sort of artists that we play with a lot we've done a couple of tours with DZ Death Rays actually in yeah, Australia okay. and overseas which have been really good um, yeah yeah shout outs to how, those guys how did you, we love those guys how did how did uh, whereabouts did you play overseas and we did Europe and the UK um, nice yeah which was sick it was, it was really so fun, fun. Yeah. and it was really cool then to take us on tour like they're they're really yeah. good friends of ours um, and like we're we're friends with Amel and the Sniffers as well, and and oh, yeah, and, cool. and admirers of them as well. We think yeah. they're a fantastic band. They're so good. Oh yeah, you know, and just other bands we played through that. Like we did a show recently with the Clowns guys who are doing quite well and a great band mm. as well. Yeah. How did the um? How did or the European? What kind of audiences were you playing to in on that European tour? How did, how did that go? It was great. Um. Yeah, they were doing basically. They were just kind of like smallish club shows, really. Yeah, um, yeah. like a hundred to three hundred, which is pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. DZ's yeah. kind great. of crowd, which was something they've worked hard on over the years, and we we're lucky enough to get in front of them. And um, mm, awesome. Yeah, did a couple of weeks shows every night, a couple of days off in Amsterdam. It was so fun, so fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh-huh. there anything you guys want to plug? Do you want to plug anything? Any stuff that you've got going on before we? Uh, Sure. Be um, well, um, if you're 
if you're a comedy fan, check out our series. It's called These New South Wales, which is the same name as the band. On It's all on YouTube now. Yeah, you can watch um, it for free on YouTube, even the Comedy Central stuff. Yeah, Todd and I, believe it or not, are the hosts of our own podcast called What a Great Punk. Um, which is awesome. I have enjoyed very much listening thank to you. it. Thank you. Thank you, Kev. Um, so, that's worth checking out if you're a pod fan. Um, and we've got albums on Spotify and stuff and, uh, and other things, you know, iTunes and shit. And uh, also, I stream on Twitch two nights a week. And if you're interested in Twitch, why not check it out? So, you're, so you're going to have to tell me what Twitch is. I've heard of it. I've heard you speak of it on your podcast. Twi- uh, no, it's got something to do with gaming. This is yeah, your time, Jamie. It's, it's a... It's a <laughs> Elevator pitch. <laughs> it's a live streaming platform that's mostly... You can do anything on it, but it's mostly centered around gaming. So, basically, two nights a week, um, I jump on, I play some games, and I just hang out uh, with the people who are watching. And there's, like, you know, a chat bar down the side. So, everyone's chatting. I'm interacting with the people that are watching. And we just hang out. Some games are interactive. Sometimes people are just watching me play shit. I'm not a very good gamer. I just um, It's just a nice thing to do yeah. to pass the time. Yeah. It's a social, it's a social thing. Basically, totally. Yeah. It's, it's like watching a yeah. like a DIY TV show at home. It kind of reminds yeah. me of you know back in the nineties or early two thousands, you jump in a chat room or MSN or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. that, but there's a chat room, so people are chatting, but there's also someone entertaining and streaming, and yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like YouTube oh, awesome. with chat cool. in a way, but live. Yeah, but live. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Twitch TV forward slash These New South Wales is where you find that. Thank you so much to you both for uh, for joining me on my podcast. I appreciate it heaps. Thanks, Kev. Um, Thanks for having us, man. It's been a lovely chat. This was a good blind date. A really good one. <laughs> Worked out well, didn't it? Yeah. Well, we're we're still here, and nobody's kind of yeah. Nobody's kind of reached their nobody's reached their phone and done like a secret sort of coded text message yeah. to their housemate <laughs> saying, you know, like you know their code word yeah. of like yeah. That's where, the, and then the, the person. That's what I've heard happens. Yeah. yeah, the code word. Text the code word, and then the phone rings, and it's like, oh my god, your apartment's flooded. Um, that's always. Yes. Someone said that to me once. Actually, <laughs> I got in my apartment's flooded before the date, though. So they were like, oh, I dude. can't come today. My apartment just flooded. That's, that's a <laughs> lie. Oh, that's a lie. That's terrible. Oh, mm. But yeah, the other classic <laughs> movies go to the bathroom and never come back, and I did not do that. So. <laughs> oh, the ghost! That's the, doing the full ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, did not things, and have? I not. mean, I, I could condone that if you were, you know, gen, if you genuinely were a little bit sort of scared. Yeah. If the person, if if you were in fear, mm. then yes, the ghost is probably a good way to 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 do it. Totally. But um. But yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be a little bit rough. In short, I think I'd like to see you again, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will look, you know. You give him his um, number and then Jamie goes to call you and, and you go, oh, fuck, actually, it's I put it in wrong and then you give it to him right again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's three of us, it's awkward. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Thanks, um, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's time. an honor. Uh, it was absolute pleasure to meet you guys and all the best with um, the band and, and all the other awesome crazy stuff that you guys are creating and making it's it's really super entertaining it's i'm loving it thank you thank you sir thank you cheers